Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She's really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about life. Too many women in this world feel alone. They worry about the judgment of others, and they struggle with their mental health. But when they listen to the Rare Girls podcast, where empowered women share their voices and tell their stories, many women will feel inspired to live a life of freedom and to overcome all their insecurities. They will feel it is a safe space to find their confidence, to remember their unique beauty, and to feel their self-worth. And they will connect with the sisterhood of rare girls who encourage their success and support their dreams. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Mane Harutyunyan. Mane is an enthusiastic, dedicated, and ambitious economic student at NYU Abu Dhabi with a minor in social research and public policy. Coming originally from the mountainous Armenian South, she is dedicated to investing her knowledge and skills in youth development, and she enjoys reading books and yoga. Mane, how are you today? Thank you so much, Aziz, for asking. I'm doing wonderful. This is such a lovely morning. How are you today? I feel blessed. I feel so happy to talk to you today and very curious about you as a person. So I'll begin with this nice like opening first question, which is, if your friends could describe your personality, what would they say about you? Uh, most probably they would say that I'm workaholic, but uh, in a less serious sense, I think I'm much more extroverted and I love talking to people and getting to know different cultures, especially my experience living in the UAE taught me how interesting could living in a diverse community be. I love that. I have so many questions. Nowadays, there is almost like an endemic sense of too many people becoming introverted, maybe during the social isolation of the pandemic, or they rely on being extroverts, and then in real life, they're introverts, where they're good on social media, but in real life, not. For you, the first question, what do you love most about people? Are people to you, like you mentioned, a source of understanding and opening up to new cultures so that you learn new things? Is it the energy you love that chemistry you can have with some people where it fires you up and it gives you like an electric sense of excitement? Is it because to you, you believe people are like a miracle and you're amazed at spending time with them? Or what makes you enjoy being an extrovert and being so fascinated by people? Oh, such an interesting question. So maybe from professional perspective, I'm a future social scientist. So my job is technically analyzing people, humans' behavior, and just studying theories that are about human beings. So every interaction with them uh, makes so much professional sense for me. But on the personal level, I think living in life, the meaning of life, is finding a valuable human connection and every single human being is on the earth to lighten his surrounding environment 
And I just feel super connected when I meet someone with whom we just can talk and share ideas and inspire others like this podcast is doing. Also, because I lived in five different countries in the past three years, I think for me, finding myself is also finding the people whom I can rely on, especially during the trying times, because when you don't have the physical place of home or your birthplace, you are starting to find a home in other respects. And for me, finding my people has definitely helped to overcome some of the anxieties that I had while living abroad. Regarding social media, I can totally relate that there is a sense of isolation, especially I'm a COVID generation students. So when I graduated, it was COVID. My freshman year was COVID. Um, so I totally get that. Uh, and I think what is important in social media is trying to detach from it in some period of time, for example, taking a day off, Sunday off and going to nature. Um, I, I still think social media has more benefits uh, than than harms, but we definitely have to find a balance, right? I agree. Balance is very important in life. And you mentioned connection and finding people you can rely on. What is the meaning of connection to you? Is it like you are in agreement with someone that you have the same values? Or is it someone, even if they could be different, but they understand you? Or is it like a metaphysical sense of being uh, on the same vibration? What is connection? And how does it uh, relate to relying on? Because I can imagine some people you can have amazing chemistry with, but maybe they're chaotic or disorganized and you cannot rely on them. I don't know. Tell me more. Um, so I absolutely believe that you should have similar value sets to to be good long-term friends. It doesn't have to be the same religion or the same ideology. It just has to be very general human values, uh, such as, I don't know, empathy, love, um, trust. Regarding relying on someone, I think that um, we we create human connections when we overcome difficulties together. And knowing, at least in your heart, that somebody will show up in case you are not doing great in life is such a release and such a power external power that helps you to achieve more so just knowing that someone out there would care when when people are asking how are you and they care about the answer i think it's super powerful so saying i want to rely on something it does not mean that i want to be dependent on someone i'm not neither financially nor academically i'm pretty much self-achieving person. It just means on a psychological level, they can rely on someone. And I think that helping as a people, like I'm also out there for my friends. So being a reliable person actually means, um, it's actually the extension of self-love because you start to respect yourself more. And I don't know what else can be more definition of self-love than a respect towards yourself. I love this. I want more because nowadays, and especially a lot of people don't know how much many women struggle with worry, anxiety, sometimes not feeling their self-worth, even though sometimes they will fake it till they make it where they would pretend the opposite. So to you, what was your journey of that growing that self-love? How does it relate to respect? How would you define it? 
if there is not, let's say you're speaking to your younger self and you want to explain, look, this is what self-love is. This is how it relates to respect. And this is, should be the journey or what is the journey to grow it. What would you say? So um, I think on social media nowadays, there are lots of definitions of um, what self-love means, right? And there's not right or wrong answer. It's just like what works for you. Um, so when I was younger, like three or four years ago, I was very much self-sacrificing person. So I could do something for other people and it, it gives me energy. So, um, and for me, the concept of like, you know, love yourself, do everything for you. It sounded so odd for me because I was very skeptical if this, this is going to work for me because I wouldn't get the energy that I'm getting from helping people. But then I realized I can create my own definition of self-love, you know, helping some people or communities not sacrificing your time for nothing it just extension of yourself into the other being or into the as a society so for me self-respect became the definition of self-love it's something that I reformulated and anytime for example if I want to do something extremely hard I'm saying you know you respect yourself and you can do it and um, I think love is such an amazing concept. So you don't have to extremely love your body or your surrounding or your relatives, but, but there should be some feeling, some sense of respect towards yourself, again, your community. So um, in terms of self-love, I would advise everyone to create their own definition instead of following some, some concepts that are on social media or on internet or in the books, because culturally it also differs, right? Especially where in the UAE, it's such an interesting mix of West and the East and Muslim culture culture so um, uh, so again if you are more into a religious side and you think that uh western conception of self-love is um more is not is not for you just create your own and make sure that it is aligned with your spiritual goals with your personal goals and everything would be fine so i'm a huge fan of cultural relativism so i feel that values are not extremely universal and they can differ from one culture to another so yeah thank you and you spoke about something important which is related to going out of your comfort zone uh, and the ability to dive into the unknown in order to grow as a person and to become a self-reliant self-independent including you have lived in five different countries so i will ask you this Let's say there are some women or girls who have been, been living with their family for a long time and it's time for them to move to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or to go to university somewhere far and they worry, uh, how would I dare uh, to talk to new people? Would I make friends? Would I find my people? So what's your advice about this, but related to the bigger picture of finding the courage to go out of your comfort zone even if by definition, what is out of your comfort zone is the unknown and therefore it's risky and therefore it triggers some anxiety. Sure. So uh, I moved outside of Armenia when I was 16. Now I'm 20. So it was four years ago. And back then, I think I was much more excited to leave because I knew less about what other cultures or other or what, what being away from home actually means. But when I'm looking at myself grows, I would definitely say that living alone has contributed a lot in my personal growth because it helped me to be self-reliant. 
Um, so what I would say is that no matter what, you're going to find your people. And and in case you're worried that you will come back home and your friends wouldn't be with you, which means that they might not be the real ones. And the people who are really with you, they would appreciate your self-growth. This is the first advice. The second advice would be actually working quite hard for them and um, doing a lot of self-exploration job, like journaling, understanding yourself, not being exposed to other people's opinions and validation. Like I'm, I'm super... Uh, like I, I have this good girls complex, which is can be explained because I'm, I mean, culturally, it's much more accepted in Armenia to be, you know, to do to always meet people's expectations from outside of the world, especially if you're a girl. So for me, I still do that. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or I achieved all of my self-growth words, but living abroad definitely helped me to decrease the validation that I need from the society. And obviously make sure, I mean, for me, it was nice because the first countries that I lived in, which was Georgia and the UAE, they would, were quite safe um, from outside. So I would say think a lot before just jumping to New York or going to the States. Um, however, you can always rely on yourself and just be careful. So again, do that, especially in the same country. Moving cities is an amazing idea. Uh, moving cultures, I would say, depend if you're ready or not. Uh, but I would still recommend. But again, super personal. But I still would recommend moving. This is great. I will ask you because cultural relativism and you thinking in a pragmatic way that truth is what works for each person rather than in a utilitarian way that truth is what society should say is true or whatever it is. Well, according to Nietzsche, he would argue that that makes people have existential angst because there is a loss of one unique truth and therefore you have full responsibility in a chaotic world to uh, create your the meaning, which is very scary to human beings because they realize they're a speck of dust within the universe rather than feeling that they are part of a huge big culture because it's if it's up to you then you are your own uh, decider rather than given an outside authority decision making that allows you to not take responsibility and therefore feel safe how do you deal with that just for your own personal thing because some people might become nihilistic in the sense that they say if everything is meaningless and i can choose the meaning well i choose no meaning and therefore i'm depressed because <laughs> life is meaningless how does it work for you um so i'm guessing um so Nietzsche, his his writing in 19th centuries was during the time when the Christianity in Europe was actually not as strong as it was before, and people were losing the the meaning of life. And Nietzsche said, "The God is dead," and we killed him, right? So um, I would say that I could completely relate to it because I was born in a country that was post-Soviet, so we didn't necessarily have a religion in a spiritual sense, but we had a religion in a cultural sense. So I have a cross with me because I was born as Christian. However, I never practiced it. So on that sense, I grew up to be completely self-reliant and people around me, they were they were finding a meaning in other senses. So my community, they usually relied on their families. So 
it's still a meaning you're providing with your family or helping them rather than a god or something and you're being responsible for your family which is again good it's not a nihilism it's just finding other meaning in life so for me very recently i discovered that i want to kind of go back to the church in the sense that i really love the values that they're providing and the interesting thing is that a lot of religions are very similar when it comes to values like lots of religions have universal values they just have like different stories that they, they tell to people and if we agree that values are the things that connect people we could say that the meaning of life is actually connection because otherwise we, we could become really nihilists and i'm um i'm a huge fan of albert camus like he's a french philosopher writer and the way he actually describes the existentialism is really fascinating in a sense that he actually shows that the life can be meaningless, but we still have the power to find a meaning. So um, although Camus can be pretty you know, depressing at the end, but I still find a hope in his writing that, you know, yes, we ha- human society have been in a sense of of losing its meaning but the meaning can be found in other places than religion so that's why i'm a huge believer of diversity and like liberalism um and the story that liberalism tells us because because it basically means open borders it means that muslims and christians can be okay with each other you know so um i would say i find meaning in family in friendships and in human connections and maybe because Maybe because of my cultural background, but also I think at some point I will go back to the church, but I'm not still sure that I have any spiritual connection to God at this point. Thank you. And you mentioned that connection between people is based on values and that value for you is connection and uh, uh, humans and family, etc. When you meet new people, is that what you're screening for, that you're speaking to them and then paying attention are they family oriented? Are they people oriented? Are they trying to create a reciprocity within the connection? Things like that. Or are you looking at them with the cultural relativism of thinking each person has their own values and I just look at them in their unique way? And I'm not looking for a specific kind of person, but I look for someone who knows and follows and lives through their values. So I I would say that every single human being has different selves within oneself so part of me is for example extremely workaholic another part loves uh to go to the art museums you know the other part loves to read books it's the same about like law of attraction you just attract different kinds of people and i think among my friend cycles still i find a lot of people who have similar values to me because otherwise we wouldn't be compatible enough to do a long-term friendship um, however, they're quite different too. So so for me, for example, being a generous person is extremely important. So I, I try to surround myself with people who are generous. Uh, not, not, it's not about money, it's about time and energy that you want to share, right? Um, and again, as I told before, about people who are reliable. So I have like friends from different countries who speak different languages have different religious different spiritual beliefs um and i wouldn't say it's like a obstacle it's more just like 
more of an interesting thing, but I would still think that law of attraction means that you're going to attract people who are similar to you in a value sense, in a character sense, in a um, success level, because you have to still be on the same page in life, especially about the energy that you want to give from life and receive, right? Also, like finding activities that you both like is quite nice. Thank you. You spoke about the law of attraction, and at the same time, you said you don't have much connection with the concept of God. To you, then, how? what is your metaphysical and spiritual perspective on the world? Are you someone who chooses, let's say, to be a girl who's reading her horoscope and thinking like that just because it adds a level of uh, interesting excitement and adventure to life? How do you believe in the law of attraction? If so, how does it work? Is it some energetic thing? And if so, where does it come from? Tell me more, because how do you make sense of the universe uh, if you have such meanings like the law of attraction, which is something that is more powerful than you that is creating this? Or are you the goddess of your universe? I don't know. You let me know. So, so when I was referring to law of attraction, I was meaning it from a scientific point of view, because psychology actually says that uh, we tend to attract people who have the similar... Uh, psychological traits that we do have for example openness there's a scale so depending where you are on the scale your friends tend to be on the same scale for example if you are extremely extroverted and your friend is extremely introverted it would be hard for you to kind of be together just because someone will just talk the other one will just listen and it's like not compatible so i was referring to it from scientific point of view on a spiritually front i would still say i'm not that spiritual in a sense that i can read horoscope and i can do like i don't know tarot card readings or i can read bible however the problem is like when i do that i become very analytical of what i read and I just like tell me on subconscious level that it's not true. I would say that um, this is maybe because of my background, because I achieved a lot of academic success. I feel um, it taught me just to be too analytical in life. Otherwise, I would just, you know, go into decay and like collapse because my personality is pretty chaotic. And I, if I'm not putting my life into the order, nobody will. Uh, so, however, recently I just... I realized that in life we need something like something to rely on to believe that someone is bigger than we are so that's why i really want to go back to religion i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to be less analytical with and just have faith in life for god's sake so i would say that i'm not believing in horoscope it would be wrong to say that i do but sometimes i go to the church and i do believe that someone is bigger than me who is this someone i'm not entirely sure but I, I do believe that someone is bigger than me. And I think, I mean, I still think sometimes I'm a spiritual person. I would believe something would happen, something good would happen. I just I just have the, the feeling of God. I don't know how to explain it. But I, I have very good intuition. So sometimes reason does not make any sense and you have to rely on your emotions. This is the way the word works, right? I understand this. I love it. Some people too might call that that you are being masculine have you ever been accused of being like masculine and not so feminine and if so what is your definition of that your own i know you'll say each person each culture will define masculinity femininity in their way but to yourself when do you feel most masculine when do you feel most feminine which one do you enjoy being more more in or like you said 
you have different personalities and therefore you bring your inner masculine, your inner feminine, it's all good for you. Because there are some women who say, I am forced within this uh, society to take a masculine role, but it's too exhausting. I would prefer if I could let go sometimes and be in the feminine. But to you in this world, your own definition first to define terms. What is to you the energy of masculinity? What is to you the energy of femininity? How much of each do you believe you have? Because each person can carry multiple charges. And uh, how, like, is this the ideal thing? Or is it because you had to depend on yourself so much that you fear letting go because then you become either dependent or like a prisoner or you feel like oh, everything is meaningless. So if I don't take charge and make meaning, then I'm lost in this world. Um, I would say I definitely have both energies, right? Because in the work context, if you want to achieve more, you have to be that, you know, goal-seeking, purposeful a human being, which is technically of from traditional point of view, very masculine types of energy. But I would say I have tons of feminine energy, the way I dress, the way I talk, um, the way I, I mean, I can read literature like for hours and just be dreaming about stuff and watch cartoons. I mean, I love to cook. I love to walk. Like, I love to receive. They're all kind of types of feminine energy so I, I definitely do have some but because i have too much feminine energy sometimes it's chaotic and if you live alone from again from my perspective because i live alone for example now i'm in new york city if i will walk like uh, f- like with extreme feminine energy i will definitely get robbed and lost and stolen and all of this so i would try to be you know aware of my surroundings be responsible for myself which is definitely part of the masculine energy so i would say every single human being um regardless of the gender has both energies uh, it's just, you know, we just have to find a balance between the two. We just have to understand um, where we want to put our energies. So, for example, I'm a very compassionate person. And I think it's part of my female self who wants everyone to be safe and stable and nourish everyone. Um, so I, I definitely love it. Yes, it's definitely true. Sometimes uh, the masculine energy is too much because I have to expose it. Uh, and I wish I, I was in a more stable financial economic conditions of not having to achieve all of these things. But sometimes we don't have that much choice, especially if you're an international student and you want to have a nice job. But obviously, I wish in life I could exercise more of a feminine energy and let it go more of my masculine energy. But I'm proud of both, you know? You have to be proud of both of your energies um, in life, definitely. And I think at some point in life, in my 30s, um, if I... I mean, I want to have kids and like have a stable family. I would definitely try to be less, you know. I mean, again, depending depending on a lot of life factors. But I, I think I, I have very nice balance of boss, boss energies flying, and and you should be proud of boss. It's nothing wrong with it. Of course, I love that, and it makes me wonder. You said that because of your culture and where you grew up, you had a good girl syndrome or whatever, where you were a people pleaser, unable to say like, no, but at the same time now you said I have a lot of masculine energy, which is also associated with setting boundaries. How did you learn 
to develop your ability to set boundaries? How much like, because even till now, you said you're still working on it. But to some girls or women who might be two good girls in the sense that they say yes to everything and sacrifice everything there, how to set boundaries without feeling too bad or feeling, oh my God, I'm breaking another person's heart. How can I live with that? It it hurts. They will hate me and all those uh, nonsensical thoughts. Can you share your journey, your thought and your latest um, understandings when it comes to setting boundaries and becoming comfortable with that? So breaking someone else's heart, um, it's good for that someone else because you don't feel this person is valuable enough to spend time with. So in a longer term perspective, you're not breaking someone else's love, you're freeing that someone else so this person can go out and find someone better than you are, right? So this is the way I think when I create boundaries. So if I don't have time to that person i just don't want to consume that person's life i just want to free them so i'm also setting their boundaries i'm making sure that they live better life than they would live with me or being you know i don't want someone to be my second choice or third choice in terms of relationships and friendships regarding how you put boundaries i would say there's no magical formula for that right you have to just learn over time um some some things that help me that's at some point your time just becomes so scarce and uh you just don't have the choice to make time for everyone and you have to say no otherwise you would be late from your you know very important priorities and deadlines and this is like just horrible for my you know purposeful self so i would say it was it was definitely journey over time and i didn't i i knew it was a problem that i'm people's pleaser and i still i feel I, i'm still very much meeting people's expectation in a lot of senses but definitely i learned to say no over time and every time my advice would be when you're saying no to someone else you're also freeing up that person so um again people who have the same syndrome they just they're just afraid that they're making people hurt but if you're keeping that person near you you are holding that person next to you but you don't care about that person enough to make sure it's like longer term just let let him go let she go let them go um so yes just just you know creating a different story to yourself oops i love that and it makes me also link this because being a people pleaser is also very linked to not wanting to disappoint people and to fear judgment of others a lot of women struggle with that where by meeting people's expectations, they're living a narrative that is uh, like a narrative where they will be pleasing people even without people asking for anything. It's just living up to people's expectations. Yeah, <laughs> but they worry, they say, if I go for my uh, potential, for my big dream, but then if I fail, what if my parents hate me and say, oh, we're disappointed in you or other people laugh at me or they tell me you wasted your life you chose this path of craziness instead of doing the secure path even if you hate it make your money or whatever it is so just in general because it's much more empowering in this world to be on your own path as in the Bhava gita they they say in that religious text of the hindus it's better to fail in your own dharma or in your life path that is meant for you than to succeed in someone else's so for you specifically, do you have a reframe, a narrative, or just advice for women and girls who feel they're being pushed to and driven 
into a life path that meets other people's expectations, but doesn't really is not really the path they want. And then what is holding them back is worrying about if they fail, some people will judge them harshly and be disappointed. Or even if they kept going, those people might judge them and think they're ungrateful and that they're not a good person. Um, so definitely the first, the first part of your speech, it's completely about me, like, uh, you know, pleasing some people who don't even expect me to please them. Um, definitely, I, I would love to say that, you know, I don't need validation of other people. I do. I still do, unfortunately, but I'm working on it. Um, so one thing that I think would help you to, to be more, to live your life is figuring out what your life you want it to be, you know? So sometimes we just lived for so long on the script scenario of your parents or your friends or your society that you forgot what your life is. Um, so just, again, self-exploration in a pragmatic sense. So you want to, I don't know, try something new, try new hobbies, go to dancing or go to singing or do some, I don't know, math to figure out if you can become an engineer, just do it for yourself. And once you try that thing, once you reflect on that, you can realize if that is for you or if not for you. So for example, picking my major, it was completely my decision. My parents never said what 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 they're they wanted me to become a doctor when I was like a teenager. But you know, it was my past. I changed majors. I tried something. I'm not entirely sure if econ is right for me, but at least it's my decision. If it will fail, it's all on me. Uh, but again, especially starting something new, uh, it's it can be quite daunting because especially in the world of social media, if you're starting something, like everybody knew you are starting, but the probability that you fail is like more than 90%. And if you do, everyone knew you, you failed. And it's just like, I feel the world is becoming super interconnected, which sometimes harms people. So I, I think we just live in a... A bit, a bit of a toxic culture regarding success. Like people, I'm 20, so people expect me to have everything figured out. I don't have everything figured out. I'm working on it. I'm trying my best, but you know, I, I cannot show you a success scenario at the age of 20 and it's fine, it's okay. And I just, you know, some people like, these have different backgrounds, different academic skills. They might be completely on a different page. And it's also okay. Like the society, especially some people just don't have jobs other than writing comments on social media. Just don't do it. You're ruining other people's lives. Just leave your own. So uh, regarding self-validation, again, I don't know how people avoid or how people are being completely self-reliant. Um, or how they are healing their relationships, interpersonal relationships. I'm definitely on this journey, but I'm not yet done. I'm just starting that. But regarding the success, um, having everything figured out in your 20s, I think definitely it's a pressure. And I struggle with it. I'm open with it. And lots of people are. Just don't be toxic to your surroundings. Be gentle to yourself and the people around you and you will be fine. Thank you so much, Mane. It was my privilege and my honor to share your voice, to hear your perspective, and to do this podcast episode with you. I wish you all the success, the emotional balance, the self-healing, and the strength 
in order to keep going and then make all of your dreams, your own unique self-decided dreams come true. Thank you for participating. Thank you too. It was such an honor speaking with you. It was such a nice self-explorative speech. Thank you. Mm-hmm.